The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Some open phone time after news, 770 Larry writes me, we're talking about uh, copper lines because uh, AT&T's asked in California to just be allowed to shut it down and uh, no longer support the copper line, uh, the copper lines in the landline network. Now, we're not talking about like the stuff you get with a charter phone or spectrum phone or spectrum voice, whatever they call that. Uh, that's uh, voice over Internet, but uh, the copper network. And we still have a couple of places that we use the old the old style, the old school landlines. Uh, usually it's in transmitter sites for remote control, you know, that kind of thing. And now we could go to something different, and maybe we'll have to if they get rid of that, because the talk has been that CenturyLink is wanting to dial back uh, a lot of that stuff, too. You know, that's the equivalent of the AT&T here, but that's what AT&T is doing in California. Larry Schatz writes me, hey, Bill, living out in the country, our Internet choices are satellite like HughesNet or CenturyLink phone lines. The phone lines are far superior in speed and handle weather better Without it, we wouldn't have internet. Oh, you have the uh, DSL then, right, Larry? But anyway, uh, without it, we wouldn't have internet. I'm not able to afford Musk's Starlink. I've heard a lot of good things about Musk's Starlink, no doubt about that, Larry. But uh, one of the things that uh, it is not is inexpensive. <laughs> that is for sure. You know, you're you're paying for essentially, uh, you know, the sa- well, it's a satellite. It's a full-time uh, satellite uplink and downlink, right? We'll catch up on the rest of what is going on. I understand that, uh, oh boy, oh boy, so we're imposing sanctions on Russia. All right, and this is I, this must have to do with Navalny, Navalny's death. I didn't see anybody wanting to impose sanctions on uh, on Ukraine for Gonzala Lira, but, uh, but I digress. We'll be digging more into that if you want, and other things that are on your mind, too. Find your phone Friday, 770-5633. And the latest from Town Hall next. Got a mess with the IRS or a tax date. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. And this is the Bill Myers Show. 16 after 7. 770 Find your phone Friday. Whatever is on your mind, you can skate away to your phone, whether it's on the, on the landline or else. Uh, <laughs> all right. I just got an email in from Bob Shan. I have to give him an email of the day. Because he made me laugh. And if you make me laugh, that's always a, a good way to, to get in the... Now, most of the emails of the day are very serious, right? But uh, I had a laugh about this one. Now, emails of the day, and those are sponsored by uh, Dr. Steve Nelson, Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. It's next to the Mazalan Mexican Restaurant, which is next door to the McDonald's. Go, bloop, bloop, bloop. There you go. While you wait crowns. Very cool, because they have an in-house lab. Not everybody can do that. It's an amazing lab, too. Ask him to show it. It's, I thought it was great. CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. But Bob Shan says, Happy 139th birthday to the city of Medford. Yep, it. Uh, we were incorporated this day in 1909. And Bob says that Medford used to have dirt streets covered with pedestrians, and now Medford has paved streets covered with dirt bags. <laughs> Uh, a little comment on our uh, on our derelict population there, eh, Bob? You made me laugh, though. I have to get so I'm going to give you not only an email of the day, but uh, kidding. You made me laugh. All right, seven seven zero five six three three seven seven zero KMED. You know there is news coming out of uh, of Germany. We don't talk about Germany too much, given the fact that it's been uh, destroyed by 
migrants and uh, and, and, essential, and essentially just a uh, deteriorating culture. But uh, today, Germany's parliament approved a marijuana or cannabis legalization bill. So this will now permit uh, adults to be able to consume cannabis. Something tells me this is probably not going to be helpful for what's left of Germany. I could be wrong on that, but it does raise a um, a question I've wanted to pose, and I really haven't done this uh, for a while. I haven't really talked much about marijuana legalization, but when you look at what has happened between back a number of years ago when when cannabis legalization was up here, did you vote for marijuana legalization or did you not vote for marijuana legalization, or maybe you didn't even live in the area at that point. And do you feel differently about it now? Now, I come from mostly the the libertarian point of view. I really am kind of one of those guys that 99% of the time, if you are, are doing something and you're not actually aggressing against another human being, I'm usually okay with that, usually. Usually. But I voted against the cannabis legalization, just like I voted against Measure 110, not because I'm some authoritarian toad that is afraid that someone is having a good time out there. But that uh, politics is a downstream of culture. And I looked at uh, marijuana legalization at yet another progressive corrosion of the uh, of the culture that was not going to help. And I knew it was going to be problems with the kids and that we were going to have more problems with uh, less motivation. And I think we have seen that play out. So I voted both no on 110 and I voted no on marijuana legalization because I knew that um, that it, it was going to cause us problems. And I said so quite loudly you know, about that over time, too. So I haven't changed. But I'm wondering if maybe you voted for, for cannabis legalization and, and maybe you're even a, a partaker of cannabis. Maybe that's fine, you know, and, and maybe you're perfectly functioning and you're doing just fine. And but would you change your mind today if you could go back in time? Germany's going down that uh, that road right now. And I think, well, they're just going to have more of the same kind of problems. But any buyer's remorse on any of it, whether it was Measure 110 or voting for or against marijuana legalization, would you have changed your mind? I'd love to get your call on that sometime. I've never really asked that question, but we'll throw it out there if you want to uh, to bite. Seven seven zero five six three three, and let me go to line one. Hi, KMD, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Bill. Tom here. Hi, Tom. Hey, um, you know, I'm looking at the economy and so forth, and um, and the landlines and so forth, mm-hmm. and uh, the breakdown. And if you stop and think about it, all the billions of dollars that we've sent to Ukraine uh, could have been used for hardening the grid and and making uh, all the uh, communication much more secure than it is. But instead, what are we doing with the money? We're sending it to blow up people and, and blow up things and so forth. It's not just a waste of money. It's doing terrible, terrible, terrible things. And that's uh, brings up something, uh, you know, I'm talked quite a bit about the lying of the government and the media and so forth. There was a headline a couple of days ago on Yahoo, and it was entitled, How War Benefits the U.S. Economy. Oh, that my thing- gosh. 
you, that reminds me of uh, like the Wall Street Journal headline from last week that I had mentioned to you, too. Remember the one that said that uh, illegal immigration will lead to a boom in the economy here because government spending gets counted as part of that, right? Yeah, this is so, so much lying that's going on. There was a great book written years ago. Uh, it was sort of like the follow-up of... Uh, the Law by Frederick Bastiat. It was yes. called Economics in One Lesson by Hazlitt. And he talked about the broken window. And that's a great essay and so forth. But basically, the broken window was about uh, that if you keep destroying everything, it's not a benefit. You lose the window and you lose all the other things that money and energy could have gone to. And yeah, that you could have taken your limited resources and applied it to something of more, uh, of more positive of more positive yeah, use, like a, right? Yeah, like a coat, a car, a house, whatever. Mm-hmm. But And so we have this thing in, in what we're doing with this uh, boosting our economy with war. We're destroying houses and people's lives and so forth. Just because it's happened uh, thousands of miles away, it's still uh, very negative and very bad. And so... Well, take uh, this. This oh, really okay. brings up what what I what I absolutely detest about uh, our country in terms of uh, the money and finance, and that's. Uh, and you were talking with uh, Rick there about uh, you know, Americans for limited government. You're never going to have limited government as long as a government that has unlimited phony fiat money. That's my bottom line. Yeah, if if you can't uh, choke the the spending down. If you can't choke the money supply, truly choke the money supply out of government, then there's there's no way to limit its size. Yeah, it's hard not yeah, to I, disagree with that. You know, I wanted to uh, to take the uh, you know how we talk about GDP and what's growing the economy and what was it you saw that article? What, what was the spending that would cause it the? It was in Yahoo no, uh, News. Mm-hmm. Basically, they said all the money that, that we're supposedly spending. Uh, sending to Ukraine. It's actually two-thirds of it is spent here in the United States for the military-industrial well, complex. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, you know? it's, it's money laundered. It's, it's laundered through Ukraine, back through the military-industrial yeah. complex. Yeah, okay. My, my whole life, uh, you know, Eisenhower, uh, when he gave his farewell speech, warned us about the military-industrial complex. It murdered in the very next president. The military-industrial complex has run America my entire life. I would disagree with you. Okay, disagree. Okay. The military-industrial complex has not run your life. The intelligence agencies have run your life. They're part of the military-industrial complex. But yes, they are are part of it. I would say that I'm becoming more aware or have come along to more thinking it's not the military necessarily running it. It is the intelligence because the intelligence is what has been in charge of forming the narratives— Forming the narratives both, and enforcing the censorship, as we know now, too. Yes, both the military-industrial complex and and the intelligence agencies are both two different arms of the oligarchs that actually run this country. Yeah, an oligarchy uh, masquerading as a republic. Yeah, okay. All right, that's an interesting theory, and, and uh, there's a lot to support that. Appreciate the call there. And I always okay. appreciate hearing from you. All right. 725 KMED KCMD. Interesting call. Tom's always thoughtful on this stuff. Hi, KMED KCMD. Who are mm-hmm. you and what is on your mind? Good morning. Hi. <laughs> this is Carol. Hi, Carol. And uh, I'm calling from a landline. Good for you. <laughs> and the reason I have a landline is uh, we have it upstairs, downstairs. Okay. And, and I'm not going to carry that 
blessed itself all over the place. So I have both. Uh-huh. But yeah. uh, do you have do you have a little wireless phone like a little portable wireless phone? In- I I have one. Okay. I don't have it plugged in, but to the jack. But I could I could take it and use it. Yeah. Okay. Now now tell me, Carol, do you have one of these uh, fine antique uh, princess phones that I have in my hand I right do. now? You I do. do. You do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Here it is. I brought this phone in as kind of half a joke the other day, you know, and then uh, just thinking it's like. It, it, you could still actually be used, but you know when you hang it up, though, that's the best part. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, and it rings. You know that kind it, of thing. Yeah, right now I'm using CenturyLink. I have uh, for um, for the um, the home line, but if there's anybody knows a better one, I'd like to know it. I don't know <laughs> what, if anybody else is. Well, CenturyLink is CenturyLink actually providing you copper wire phone. I mean that. And and not like over the internet, like Spectrum does. No, it's not over the internet. It's, it's not okay. Not so you have internet. you actually have the old fashioned, old school. This is the copper line that they're they're trying to phase out everywhere. Got well, it. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I have actually. Yeah, but, um, you're gonna what. give up your copper lines when they pry your cold dead fingers from around the princess phone, right? <laughs> yeah, but if anybody knows a cheaper way to go for landline or make sure it's copper and then stuff yeah yeah that'd be great <laughs> okay hey you know i'm looking on the back of this uh, princess phone i was talking about right yes gte boy i'll tell you that's a blast from the past isn't it yes <laughs> now that was california wasn't it gte i think so yeah. i'm not sure yeah all right hey carol appreciate the call thanks for that i love it let me go to line uh, three hi kmed kcmd good morning Hello? Bill, is this me? Yes, it is. I didn't hear the... That's okay. Don't uh, just just go along. Once we're connected, we're connected. How you doing? Good. Steve in Sunny Valley. Hi, Steve. I, uh, I, I use DSL for my uh, internet, mm-hmm. and it is down down right now. Yeah. Oh, it is. So now my now my internet is a hot spot on my cell phone. Huh. <laughs> have you noticed that we're getting to the point where you almost have to have a backup to the backups now? Yes, you do. Everything needs to be repaired before you can use it for every task. Anyway, what I called about was uh, what's happening in New York uh, with the truckers Mm -hmm. declining to take loads into New York City. I don't know how big that has gotten yet. Do you know? Are you reading about anything like this is a growing thing or just a limited impact right now? I, I don't know, but I think that this is a way for the market to curtail the power of the blue cities. Just by having a surcharge for truckers, maybe call it a safety surcharge, to take uh, loads into the big cities. Uh, let let Portland and uh, Seattle clean up their cities to make it safe for truckers. I know when I was working for the railroad, I was taking a load to uh, Oakland, a train to Oakland, and I had a set out to do a Richmond. And my conductor went out to tie down the back end of the train so I could set up some cars out in the siding. And there was a gang of people there at 3 a.m. who challenged him, and we just highballed the work and took it all into Oakland, and they did it in the daytime. Wow. So there is so, a there is a political and or crime risk to servicing a lot of these areas that people don't uh, think about, and maybe the truckers are just thinking about their own safety, right? Maybe, but if they got together and they just decided, hey, if you want us to take a load to the center of Portland, you're going to have to pay us an extra 500 bucks. Uh it, it it might help them 
decide to uh, change their ways as far as uh, defunding the police. In other words, it uh, focuses the mind, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, Steve, I wanted to ask My you, brother, and this is, a, I just want to ask you about something else. You had just mentioned you worked for the railroad. Which railroad did you work for? I worked for both Union Pacific and the Central Oregon and Pacific. Oh, okay. So you worked for a corp. Great. And what did, yeah. what did you do? Engineer or were you a brakeman? Or how I, they... I started out as a conductor for the Union Pacific, mm-hmm. Klamath Falls, and I worked Klamath to Eugene, and then I took promotion to engine service. And when the housing market died, we cut our number of trains in half, so I had to chase my seniority to Roseville, California. And from Roseville, I worked as an engineer from Oakland to Elko and from Bend to Bakersfield. And uh, I got tired of being away from home. Yeah, My family was still in Oregon. And uh, went to work for the Corp, and I found out that it was twice the work for one quarter of the money. Uh, yeah, I figured that was pretty much the uh, the case of it, but you know, it's a it's a short line, you know, small railroad, really. Yeah, you know? and and I was no longer in the seat; I was a, a switchman. Oh, for the okay, uh, yeah, to start at the bottom again. So but, I was trudging up and down the tracks of Roseburg at, in the rain between nine p.m. and nine a.m. five or six days a week. Huh. Now the reason I was asking, and this was a this is just a completely selfish uh, question of mine because I'm a foamer. You know what a foamer is, right? Oh, of course I know what a foamer is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a foamer. I'm one of those idiots on the side of the road taking pictures of trains when they would go by and waving. And I always fantasized about running a locomotive, and I've thought about going to that museum out uh, Nevada, California border, eastern. Uh, Eastern California. Oh, Portola. It, yeah, Portola, yeah, in which you can I've run. I've taken trains to Portola. I've, I've eaten at the uh, Salt Lake in Portola many, many nights. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Anyway, I've always wanted to j- just run a diesel and just to see what that was like, you know, j- just, to, just to wonder what that was like. Is there is there any mystery to it? Is it just uh, is it an was it an enjoyable part of the job to actually run the machinery? I'm just curious because that's something I've always fantasized about doing. Well, um, I can tell you, I'm a pilot. Uh, I drive trucks and buses and trains, mm-hmm. and trains are by far the hardest, especially when you got dupes involved and you've got uh, two sets of dupes, one in the center of the uh, train. And then one now, the now uh, dupes is that distributed power, right? Okay. You're controlling the other power by radio from the from the lead unit, mm-hmm. and um, you lose you lose communications in some tunnels. And uh, when you're driving a train, you've always got to be thinking two miles ahead and and at least a mile behind. Because you're thinking about okay, I've got this uh, this hill coming up, and I have to. Uh, make sure that I don't get too much slack or break the train because you can snap the train apart if you don't do it right. Oh, yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah, and you you can bust knuckles with run-in. Yeah, yeah. you've always got to be thinking about your in-line, for, your in-train forces. That's really interesting, though, that you think of, of all the things you were driving, that that was the most difficult. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't well, have. Well, flying, you have more options. I mean, you could cut the power and... Or you could add power, you could bank, you could climb, you can dive. With a train, all you got is power and brakes. And uh, you can put a partial set in the train and then let it off and then go back into it and just set up the back part of the train. But, you know, they've taken the fun out of everything. 
there used to be that you could kick cars and drop cars and do uh, all kinds of fun stuff. But now it's push and pull to a stop, tie everything down, test it. And so the amount of work that gets done in a shift is greatly diminished. Oh. Well, <laughs> is it still fun to actually run the engine, though? It, it is, but, you know, the fun, some of the I'm just wondering if I should like, spend the money if I would actually enjoy it, if it matters that much. I don't know. Well, if you're going to get into it, do an old-style uh, GOAT engine where you're actually kind of working the controls sideways instead of a modern uh big high rail unit where you're just sitting at a desk. Uh, oh, in other words, what I want to run then is like, uh, you know, uh, uh, an SW, a an SW 1200, you know, something like that, uh, or, sure. a, uh, you know, or an, or an old Alco from the 1940s, you know, that kind of thing. Right. That's sort of, Oh, you could go all the way up to the eighties. Uh, what, what is it? DL 40? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I think the SD 40 was what was used on the, the uh, on corp, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, and, and it's uh, 150 years of uh, tradition uninterrupted by progress. <laughs> I love it. Steve? Those things are not envir- uh, uh, good for your back. <laughs> I imagine not, but that's okay. That's part of the fun. Steve, thanks for actually indulging me a little bit on that. I really appreciate it. Seriously. Sure. Okay? Thanks uh-huh. again. Right. 7.35. Hey, if you're if you're on hold, I'll get right to you. This is the Bill Meyer Show. I, I had to find out more about running the trains, all right? That, that little boy in me still. Taxes and more taxes. What you need is a licensed enrolled agent that knows the tax laws and makes sure you get the best possible tax return. Call Pat Hurley, a licensed tax professional, at 774-1040. The tradition continues at the 24th Annual Newswatch 12 Sportsman's and Outdoor Recreation Show at the Jackson County Expo, February 23rd through 25th. See and shop all your outdoor recreation needs from a host of new exhibitors. You can meet the world-famous 600-pound Lion Maasai. Visit the ATV Fusion Display. Don't miss the Seven Feathers Big Game Trophy Room and free senior night. You'll see guides, lodges, and outdoor agencies. Sign up to win a winch to go and other great prizes. For the kids, there's a live trout pond, archery and laser shotgun ranges, a huge climbing wall, and and a 10-foot tall Sasquatch. Catch the fishing demonstrations in the giant fish tank and learn the latest tips at the Sportsman's Theater covering fishing, hunting, boating, gun safety, and a Bigfoot town meeting. RVs, ATVs, boats, trailers, and wall tents at low show prices. All this and more at the Jackson County Sportsman's and Outdoor Recreation Show presented by Bymark, February 23rd through 25th. Let's go. For more info, visit ExposureShows.com. Fontana Roofing is celebrating their 27th anniversary installing roofs in Southern Oregon. And the universe seems to be giving the crew subtle reminders. Better slow down a bit. The speed sign clocked you at 27 and a 25. Whoops. I'm distracted looking for the job site. What's the address again? 27. Okay, we got another block, so looks like another nice day. High of 81. 27. What? 81 Fahrenheit is 27 Celsius. Weird. Oh, there it is, and we're right on time. Actually, we're three minutes early. It's tw- 27 after. Uh, okay, enough Twilight Zone. Hand me my tool belt in. Let's get cracking. Here you oh, Whoops. Uh, roofing nails all over the floorboard. 27. What is this? Rain Man? Count them. It's no coincidence why Fontana Roofing has been serving the Rogue Valley for 27 years. Our longevity is owed to our hardworking employees, past and present, and our loyal customers. Thank you from Fontana Roofing. 
Service is the difference with Sweetwater Sanitation, your experts for sanitation services and portable restrooms. From pumping septic tanks, grease traps, even holding tanks, Sweetwater Sanitation brings 20 years and two generations of experience. And as a DEQ certified maintenance provider, Sweetwater Sanitation can inspect, service, and repair your septic tank, which should be pumped every three to five years. Call 541-821-1426 and visit SWSMODOC.com. Sweetwater Sanitation, where service is the difference. The Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMET and 99.3 KCMD. Just kind of noodling around all sorts of different topics this morning. It's Find Your Phone Friday, 738. And David has been holding on here for a while. David, thanks for your patience. What's on your mind? I'm on the landline right now. Oh, good for you. Glad to know that. What's up? I'm on the princess phone. You're right on. Now. You have a princess phone too? Really? I took it out of the drawer. I plugged it in. It works. And it will probably still be working long after the EMP has taken out every other uh, form of communication. So maybe we should hang on to those. Even better than that, I have the old-fashioned phone. Remember the old-style phone from the 50s and the dial? I have one of those down in the archive somewhere. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. <laughs> you know the other thing that's great about the old phones, David? is that those things could be used as bludgeons. You know, you have someone break into your house, you just take the the handle of one of those uh, things with a handset. I mean, that oh, thing weighs yeah. about a pound and a half, two pounds of solid, isn't it? I didn't even think of that. That's a, I'm going to keep this by my bed. Yeah. In fact, right. I was actually assaulted one time by someone, you know, uh, wielding <laughs> a... I, I kid you not, it happened in Seattle a number of years ago. I was assaulted by someone that was wielding one of those... Um, <laughs> one of those handsets. <laughs> really? They're just walking around and whack people with it? Or uh, well, no, it was, uh, it was a, a, a little bit of an experience with domestic violence back in the day. Okay. And All right. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Someone, someone got really angry with me at that point and, uh, and clocked me in the cheek. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, that, I don't even know. And I wasn't even a talk show host in those days. My gosh, you know, but, uh, went after hey, me. I got one other unrelated thing. Sure. So I, was, uh, I saw a report about the, uh, they're making electric fire trucks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're making them, selling them. They cost like millions, like twice as much as a regular fire truck. But the, the uh, leftist uh, news report slipped and mentioned that they have a uh, diesel-powered motor on the electric fire truck recharge the battery that means it's not an electric fire truck it's really a hybrid of sorts isn't it <laughs> yeah but they slipped they're all happy they're beaming you know because they have electric fire trucks but you know they're you got a diesel powered motor on there so that's just, i thought i'd throw that in the mix and david that's a, a great story what that would uh, strike me as too is i'd be curious to know how much water capacity has been lost by putting several hundred pounds, if not several tons of batteries in a uh, electric fire truck. Because, you know, it has to, the batteries have to go somewhere. They're very heavy and very big. Yes. Okay, that's the other thing, now that you mentioned that. They mentioned that they had a high-pressure water sprayer, you know, to be more efficient with the water. So now they're going to mist the fire instead of putting water on it. Oh, Okay. (laughs) You know, it's high pressure. That means it's just going to spray water, right? Yeah, like a little version of a uh, little perfume uh, perfume atomizer, right? Yeah, that's right. Do it that way. 
But yeah, we don't actually want to pour water on the fire. Well, it'll say it'll save water, right? <sighs> it's all about the ecology. David, thank you for sharing your uh, experiences. Yikes. Let me go to line three. Hi, KMD, KCMD. You've been very patient. Holding on. Who's this? Hey, Bill. It's Wild Salmon. Steve, how you doing? Hey, you're talking about trains. I, I was born here in this valley. I actually remember hearing steam whistles on trains when I was a kid. I don't ever remember. I do remember seeing a, they had a, a steam engine come through, but it was probably in the 60s. But Well, that- Southern Pacific, I, I was looking up the uh, history of, in fact, I have a book at home that a listener gave me years ago. I love the book. It's the history of the railroads here in Southwest Oregon. And when Southern Pacific owned the tracks before they sold it to Corp, they had a special type of uh, of steam engine with the cab in the front, so that way the uh, the smoke would go behind because it was designed to go into the tunnels. I forget what the model of that is, but you know that was something uh, unique to our well, line here. When I was a kid, I used, one of my, my sister lived in Gold Hill, and I would go stay overnight with her. Mm-hmm. I think my parents wanted to get rid of me. I don't know, but. One of the things we would do, because Gold Hill was really boring when you were a kid, was count the cars. And I think the most cars I ever counted was 140 on one train. Really? It was not. It was nothing to see 100 cars, and most of it was wood products. But this is in the 1950s, before the freeway. So it was impractical to ship lumber on a truck because the roads were so bad. How fast was that train going in those days? I'm curious. Is there? Do you remember? Was there a way to estimate it? Because the one well, thing I noticed I, about Corp, even Corp, is that I don't think the trains go much more than about 10 miles per hour in most places. Well, going through Medford, the trains would go really slow. It would take 10, 15 minutes sometimes at a, a crossing for mm-hmm. the train to pass. And, uh, you know, also there were shipping uh, pears and, and whatever else on there, so everything came in. Yeah, I'm not surprised they switched it over to the trucks. I imagine the trucks are probably quicker. Uh, the railroad would be cheaper, but, boy, 130 loads of uh, of lumber, you know, going up that line. If you've ever been on that line or followed that line, there's lots of, cur- there's lots of curvature to it, lots of curvature and grades, which, of course, made it a problem for Southern Pacific. They had trouble making money with it. There's a loop too. Where's the loop? Yeah, if you go up the old Green Springs Highway, there's a place where the railroad goes under a a, a overpass of the of the railroad, and it goes up and it turns and comes back over top of it because the the grade was too steep. But um, fast forward into the 80s, I was in management with a sawmill, and we were, it was cheaper to ship lumber on the the train, but it's like dealing with the mafia. Um, You ordered a car, and you may or may not have got the car. You know, we were loading mostly 16-foot lumber, so we needed cars that were multiples of that. Now, uh, in a dimension mill, it's different, but they used to handload lumber in those cars. They would put lumber piece by piece in the car till it was full clear to the top. Wow. Um, the guys that did that got paid by the thousand, but I got in there one time. It was 140 degrees in that car. Um, but you Wait, know, that was, was it from that, the temperature of the uh, of the lumber? 
Coming out of the uh, the lumber, and uh, you know, there's no insulation or anything. The thing's sitting out in the sun. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) And uh, it it would get pretty hot in there. But one time we got a car in, and we're getting ready to load it. We opened the door, and it's full of tires. So we called SP and and said, "Hey, you guys screwed up." No, we didn't screw up. So pretty quick, this. I don't know, a union guy came out there, and he said, now, what are you trying to tell us? So so we took him out and showed him the car, and he said, well, we didn't screw that up. Well, then who did? Well, who did? We're going to start selling tires then. Yeah. So they were out there with a switch engine pretty quick, but we we would make some um, four-quarter Ponderosa pine, naughty pine that that was – uh, really appreciated on the East Coast, so we would load that in a rail car. And by the time I got to the East Coast, it was practically ruined because of the, of the atmosphere in the car. If they didn't get it straight through, one of them got lost in Chicago, and it took them five months to find it. There were a lot of problems in the railroad world, especially uh, uh, back in the seventies, eighties, uh, back oh, when yeah. uh, the, you had uh, uh, you had the Pennsylvania line uh, go bankrupt. You had the creation of uh, Conrail. And various other things. There were some real problems in those uh, in those days. I'm not surprised to hear about your challenges. And then, and then, then in the '90s, I was working for a mill in Boise, and we had a, a whole lot of chipper there. And in Boise Cascades, Lula Paper Mill was really short of chips, so they were paying us to run, like I think the Fourth of July weekend, and we had a four day weekend. They paid double time for my crew to run the whole lot of chipper. Um, during that weekend, and we had, we could make oh four three and a half four carloads of of chips. That's those big chip cars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a day. So during that weekend, um, we we only had ten cars on our spur. That's as many as we could handle. So they put ten cars in there on Friday, and Sunday night the, they were just about full. And I called. Well, so you so you called for an engine. Call it out, and, right? Well, right. They were they were supposed to switch it out. We had an agreement with them, and I see the train down the roadways, down the tracks. From my office, I could see the tracks, uh, and I see the engines pull up and stop. And um, I called the bud, the the guy that owned the mill, and said, "Okay, the, I see the train. We're okay." Two hours later, it's still sitting there. What happened? So he calls. He goes UP. Okay, well, did they die? Did they die on the hours? You know, you can only work so many hours. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So they sent the management for uh, UP <laughs> in in Boise out there to switch us out, <laughs> and we, we managed to keep going. But you, you know something, you know, Steve. You know, it's it's almost what you're telling me is that between union rules and federal work rules and all the other things and the regulations. I'm amazed that anything gets built in this country. Sometimes I really am. Yeah, you could put it on. You could put it on a truck and have it in Chicago in three days. Yeah, exactly. And people wonder why. Uh, why aren't they using trains? Okay, thanks, Steve. It's a uh, seven forty-eight. If you're if you're on hold, I will get to your call right after news. It's a uh, seven seven zero five six three three. And you're just kind of noodling around whatever whatever's on your mind. It's a uh, find your phone Friday. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your MC5 Morning News Update. 
Legislators in Salem appear to have reached a deal on Measure 110 to reinforce drug treatment. That's according to Ashland State Representative Pam Marsh, who says the state is working toward a criminal penalty for possession, but they also plan to provide people with multiple paths to help them access treatment. Marsh says they've all been working hard in limited amount of time they have in this short session to find a good solution. House Republican leader Jeff Helrich sent out a statement in regard to the measure of discussion saying, quote, We are conceptually aligned, but we still need to review the final draft, end quote. For all you orchestra fans out there, the Brit Festival Orchestra revealed their 2024 season during a party and fundraiser in Jacksonville Thursday night. BFO's 62nd season from June 13th to the 29th will feature pianist Gabriela Montero, violinist Geneva Lewis, Ignis Jang, and Alex Gonzalez, and cellist Joshua Roman. The season will have two guest conductors, including newcomer Andrea Ariecci and returning director Peter Bay. Bay says he was thrilled to be invited back. The orchestra will be holding a live accompaniment of Star Wars A New Hope after so much success the last season's accompaniment to The Princess Bride. You can find out more information on Brit's website. For local news anytime, you can head to our website, qbi5.com, or to our Facebook page, and for NBC5 News, I'm Marcus Veal. Have a fabulous weekend. This hour of The Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jason at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and ability to navigate icy, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local, family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. 751. A lot of times when it comes to who you're going to deal with, deal with people you can trust. Deal with people who can trust it to be there and be open and, uh, and, and do what needs to be done to keep you happy. And one of those places, one of my oldest sponsors, Jay Austin & Company, Gold and Silver Buyers, both in uh, Ashland, uh, Ashland, 1632 Ashland Street in Ashland, and 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass. By the way, you can just go into those places uh, during normal times. 6th and G, you have to call for an appointment. That's by appointment, 482-3715. They keep it nice and personal there. Uh, Jay Austin supports my show because they fearlessly support the message of freedom, independence, and conservative viewpoints. They stayed open during the COVID scam, and they didn't even close for a day, even though there was a lot of pressure and people going after them on that. They have their website, of course, which is fortunereserve.com, a wonderful place, but also a brick and mortar for face-to-face transactions. You can sell your collectible coins, your scrap gold, even old U.S. banknotes, or if you're on the buying side there, too. And by the way, if you have collectibles and you're not using it, get extra value when selling it and support people who share similar beliefs, ethics, and values. The recognized experts, Jay Austin and Company, Gold and Silver Buyers, 1632 Ashland Street in Ashland and 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass, fortunereserve.com on the web. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Hi, I'm Matt Stone from Pressure Point Roofing, and I'm on 106.3 KMED. 753.
Open phones on Friday. Just a lot of fun. Kind of enjoying, you know, we have nothing in particular, and sometimes nothing in particular is good. Good morning. Hi, who's this? You're on KMBD, KCMD. Good morning, my friend. This is Brad, a proud member of the SLM. Brad, how is my brother from a fellow, uh, from another S- Slovenian mother, right? You know, hoop-de-doo, we hear a uh, polka and our troubles are through or whatever it is. Go ahead. You got it. Hey, I got some info for you because you're always good for providing info to the public. Okay. Uh, what's interesting, there's two reasons why a Melania Trump was a better-looking first lady than, than Hillary Clinton. Do you know what they were? Okay, what's that? Um, Melania was Slovenian, is Slovenian. Yes. And she shaves on a regular basis. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you implying that uh, the Hilda Beast does not? Uh, well, I would at least give her an excuse. <laughs> you got it. Have a great weekend, bro. Brother. Not a brother. All right. 754. Uh, hi, KBD, KCMD. Good morning. Hey, Bill, it's me again. I just had to clear up a couple of things about trains. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Uh, first, uh, UP owns the Corp uh, rails. They just leased them to the Corp. They got them when they got the rest of Southern Pacific. And secondly, it's... Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they actually sold the rails off, too. So U- Union Pacific still owns it. I didn't know that. Okay. And and it's cheaper to put a slow order on the rails than to fix the rails. But the corp speed is limited because they're a, what, a Class B railroad, mm-hmm. 25 miles an hour. However, all the way up Cal Canyon, it, Cal Creek Canyon, it's 10 miles an hour. And that makes for a long night. Boy, that, uh, and that is, is. Boy, that's, that's not very fast at all, is it? Uh, a couple of experiences working with the railroad. When the, the Fraser mudslide happened, we had to go to Bend. And uh, while we were there getting our paperwork ready, a woman came in and said, can you guys move that car that's a quarter mile down the track up to the next siding? It's been going back and forth for three months, and I've had to lay off my entire workforce. And it was due to a paperwork goof up between BNSF and UP. <laughs> and it just and sat there? And the other one is that Joe Wind used to have a 100-car train a day leave their factory in um, just north of Klamath Falls there. And this was back in the SP days. SP was so bad at getting them the cars they needed that one day overnight they canceled their contract with SP and and bought 200 trucks. Is there any wonder why people went to that? Because you have to be reliable on the delivery. Well, they just felt like they didn't have any competition, and that's the problems with Monopoly. Ah, got it. So, that's all I wanted to call about. I, I appreciate it. Great story. Just imagine if uh, they had kept the uh, 200 trucks off the road. Well, then, of course, the truck drivers would, uh, you know, truck drivers need to eat, too. All right. Good morning, KMD, KCMD. Hi, who's this? It's Gene. Hi, Gene. Uh, where I grew up, our uh, grade school, mm-hmm. we would, uh, in fact, two years we did it. We rode a train to Chicago. For our class. You took the train to school. Interesting. It wasn't to school. It was for the class um, class party, I guess. <laughs> oh. Of course, it, it wasn't much of one. We had more boys than we did girls, and we always ended up at the baseball. 
<laughs> All right. Well, but there's no difference between men and women, right? Yeah. I uh, did have one entertaining time the last time. One of our uh, group got uh, held up with a, a couple kids with knives and uh, seen the cops chased him through the bleachers. Now, that was entertaining. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so you had an experience with Chicago diversity. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> well, at that time, they were still going after the crooks. Okay. Oh, oh okay. All right. That's no fun. All right. Thanks for the call, Gene. Have a great weekend. Speaking of having that great weekend, I have my final. I I don't want to forget about this because this is going to be a big deal. Now, actually, you know there is the uh, the Sportsman Outdoor Show, which is going on in the Jackson County Expo, starting today and then tomorrow and Sunday, and that's going to wrap up then. Mr. Outdoors, Greg Roberts is going to be there. He's the uh, MC of that all, and plus he's doing the wolf talks and all these other things. We'll talk with him more about that on Monday after the show is over. But I have uh, three pair of tickets left, and I'm going to give them to caller 7, 8, and 9 right now. 7, 8, 9 right now. And uh, you just have to make sure that you pick them up today by 5 o'clock, and then we'll get you into the Sportsman and Outdoor Show. The other thing I was going to mention, though, is that uh, there's also a gun show going on at the Expo at the same time. So... Yeah, that'll be a great double bagger. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that would make it even better for me, because I want to go to all two of these, but uh, the only thing that would make it better is if we had a train museum there, too, like I told you about the last uh, few minutes. All right, so anyway, 770-563-789, you're going, okay? All right. Two Dogs Fabricating knows trailers. They sell trailers and repair trailers. So if you'd like your trailer inspected, bring it to the dogs, and they'll sniff it out. Two Dogs will check the axles, hitch, tongue, lights, bed, brakes, and more to make sure your trailer's roadworthy. Most trailers on the road are fine, but it's good to have it checked out once a year. They'll scrutinize crucial welds for corrosion and cracks, too. And if you need any repairs, you'll get a quick, reasonable estimate. Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way, off Sage in Medford. One of each sold VIN 909407 MSRP 2165135 due sportage VIN 69157 MSRP 3390 due 10k miles per year zero security deposit all incentives and discounts to dealer plus tax title license 150 registration processing fee trading in a vehicle will not eliminate your debt negative equity applied to new loan balance ends 22924 with brand new Kias starting at 149 a month it's time to get more in 24 at Kia Medford more savings more selection more for your trade rush in now get a new 2024 Kia Soul LX automatic just one. 49 a month lease for a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive. Only $199 a month lease, both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to KiaMedford.com to get pre-approved in less than 30 seconds with no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24 with Souls, $149 a month. Sportages, $199 a month at Kia Medford. Click KiaMedford.com. This is Bill Meyer. I appreciate you waking up mornings with me, 6 to 9, on KMED and KCMD. But I get it. Life can be busy. Sometimes you might miss a show or segment or what did that guest say again? And that's when you can catch up and stay current with my podcast. The last three months of shows are available for free download and sharing on KMED.com. Podcasts are sponsored by Clouser Drilling, and they're online at clouserdrilling.com. And thanks to Clouser, you can drill into what really happened on The Bill Meyer Show on KMED.com. Gun talk. Could this also mean the end of these kind of restrictions on state levels? Because a number of states have laws that say you can't buy a gun at all until you're 21. 
couple other challenges throughout the, the country on this, but wherever this ultimately gets settled, it certainly does lay a good framework and groundwork to challenge those state restrictions as well, particularly on Second Amendment grounds. Gun Talk, sponsored by Welburn's Weapons on Highway 62, just south of White City, Sunday 11 to 2 on KMED and KCMD. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. And this is The Bill Myers Show. It's a minute after 8, and we want to say congratulations to Mike Lindgren, also Medi Lovato, and Lori Batten. They ended up uh, winning a pair of tickets to the Sportsman and Outdoor Recreation Show. And that's going to be today, tomorrow, Sunday. And hope to see you out there and maybe see Mr. Outdoors out there. And I want to drop by the gun show that's going on there, too, and Pageant Pavilion. And uh, just all sorts of good stuff uh, going on this weekend in the uh, Expo. Big place uh, for... Uh, well, it's just going to be the place to be. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, too. I guess it uh, turns into winter magically again as of Monday, the way this is going, all right? Anyway, uh, so we're out of tickets for right now till next year. We'll have more tickets next year, but it's going to be a bit of a wait, okay? So you'll just have to go. Now then, uh, coming up, we do have the uh, town hall, latest news from town hall. And we're going to talk a bit about uh, about protecting the kids from a bit of the online smut. There's some conversation going on about that. In uh, Washington, D.C. Richard Emmons will join me also from the Josephine County Eagle. There is a special announcement today. I don't know what's going on, but he's going to tell us more about that. He'll be in studio for that. And we'll have a Diner 62 quiz that you can win before 9 o'clock. We'll have some fun with that all coming up. February.